0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Thank you guys for coming online with us. Um, I wish I could see your lovely faces, but thanks, as I already said, to everyone who's uh, interacting in the comments, just sharing what you're feeling like God's put on your heart. Um, it's just great to, to welcome God's presence. Lord, we thank you for your presence right now. Lord, in every home, in every room, over every person that's watching Lord, we want to be transformed. We want to become more like you in everything that we do. So, Lord, soften our hearts to receive all that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, good morning. It's like I said, it's awesome to have you guys. Um, you know, we have at least a few more weeks of being online, and uh, you know, as soon as we can, as soon as we can meet together um, back in person, we're going to be looking at all the creative ways that we can gather. Uh, whether it's smaller groups or in the park or in the car park or however we can. Um, We're going to be creative in that. But I want to encourage you for the meantime, and I know I'm kind of speaking to the choir because you guys are on right now, but let's continue to to get online. Let's continue to watch the live stream, to interact, but more importantly, to to support each other, um, to reach out to each other, to continue to be the priesthood of all believers, um, and together to see the kingdom advance. Let's not um, pull back. And be you know, and stay in a place of fear. But let's continue to step out and share Jesus with people around us. Uh, I just want to share my own like uh, quick testimony. I went to the shops yesterday to get some bread for lunch, um, and one of uh, a guy who's become a little bit of my friend um, named Neil, who is a homeless guy who's often at our local shops, um, was there. And so I just you know, I've talked to him before, so I, I sat down with him, went and got some money out. Sat down with him and uh, said, "How are you going, Neil?" He said, "Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm all right." And gave him some gave him some money. And then I uh, and I thought, I said to him, let, "Let me go get you a hope card." I didn't have one in my pocket, so I went to the car, got a hope card, came back, and he goes, "I said, I don't know if anyone's ever given you um, a hope card before." He goes, "Yeah, actually, somebody from your church gave one to me last week." <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome!" So, I you know, prayed with him again, and uh, yeah, just c- continuing that that witness. And so, I don't know who who that was, but well done. Um, I love that we're, we're becoming known as people who will stop for the one, who are going to minister, who are going to bless, and who are going to bring hope. So let's keep going for it, church. Um, as often, uh, and Elodie said, we got prayer, our prayer meeting on Zoom this Wednesday night, and uh, I, I might be the odd one out, but I, uh, I actually enjoy prayer on Zoom. I like going into the different breakout rooms and being able to pray with different people um, and hear different people pray. Um, And so, you know, to me, there's such a value in our prayer Um, and we're people who value prayer and we're passionate about prayer. So I want to challenge you to come join us this Wednesday night, even if you've never come to an in-person prayer meeting or a Zoom prayer meeting, um, come and join us. You don't have, we're not going to force you to pray out loud, but I'm going to challenge you to try and step out of your comfort zone. So you don't have to be a professional prayer. You don't have to be an intercessor. Just come and pray. Add your voice to seeing the kingdom advance with us this Wednesday night. So this morning, I want to um, ask the question, should Christians take the COVID vaccine? Probably more the question behind the question is, as Christians, how should we interact with people who may have a different view than we do? But I want to ask that question. Should Christians be vaccinated? You you, you might be going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, You're stepping out of the line. Stay with me for a minute. Stay, stay with me and, and we're gonna, we're gonna unpack this a little bit. But I think it's been a really interesting season over the last 18 months, uh, of COVID, you know, especially, to be honest, since vaccines have come out. Um, it's been, it's been controversial to say the least. Let's, let's be honest. Um, you know, there's been a, you know, a lot of back and forth. Um, it hasn't been the smoothest season. And I've had a, I've had a number of people warning me personally, um, sending emails, messages, pleading with me and with us as a church not to take the vaccine. So people saying, Matt, please get up and tell the church, put a statement out, publicly announce that we should avoid this vaccine at all costs. I've had pastors, I've had friends uh, from other churches emailing me and messaging me. On the other side, I've had other people urging me, urging us to get vaccinated uh, I had another pastor friend tell me, you need to get up and tell the whole church to take the vaccine for goodness sake so we can open up. As I've talked to people and um, and, and prayed with people and, and walked with a whole lot of people, I, I think that if we were to look at the distribution of people with feelings on this, um, this bell-shaped curve that Beth's going to put up might be the most accurate way to describe or to illustrate it. On the one side... Um, where it's highlighted would be people who have very strong feelings, this sort of two percent you know, or so, you know, I'm not going to stick with the percentages. Um, but on one side, very strong feelings against taking the vaccine. On the other side are people who have very strong feelings for maybe they're passionate evangelists who are strongly for taking the vaccine. Thanks Beth. Um, Beth's doing a great job in the, thank Beth in the comments. She's, she's behind the screen. She wants to stay behind the screen. We were joking about possibly getting uh, one of those moments where the camera shows her as all of the other people who have been on the computer have done. Um, But she's hoping that doesn't happen today. So on the one hand, you have people who are very strongly for. On the other hand, I think you have people who are very strongly against. And the section in the middle is, I think, where the majority of people sit. Um, They don't have really strong feelings on it, but they're keen for life to get back to some sense of normal. um, Don't like lockdowns. They don't want to make a mistake. And are just keen to figure out the best way to go forward. What's really interesting is that on any subject, we should be asking as Christians, first and foremost, what does the Bible say about this? The Bible always, if we're followers of Jesus, always has to be our starting point before we go to any other source. We have to allow the Word of God to shape and form our belief, and even how we then approach other sources and topics. So what does the Bible say about taking the vaccine? Unsurprisingly, it doesn't mention the word or the topic. Technologies obviously have, uh, have developed you know, um, since the Bible was written, and so we're facing challenges um, or questions now that wouldn't have been directly addressed In Bible times. So you have people that sit on the strongly against side in this bell curve who would use verses like 1 Corinthians 6.19. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. They would say that the vaccine hasn't been fully tested or that all of its side effects are not known. So why would you put something like that into your body? They would speak about verses that speak about the kingdom of darkness and, and, and looking to control and influence and persecute the church. Um, they would say that there's a lot of money, rightly so, being made through these vaccines. Some people, I think it's a very small percentage of people, are saying that taking the vaccine would, e- would be equal to taking the mark of the beast, which is a reference to, to a verse in the book of Revelations. Um, we won't get into the, to, to unpacking that fully, but I'm happy to talk about it with you. I think it's a total different reference. Um, on the other side... Those that are very strongly for taking the vaccine would look at verses like John 15, verse 12. Um, and others which say, we're called to love one another. They would argue that anything that we can do to save lives, ourselves or others, is an act of love. And we're called to love each other, so surely um, we should get the vaccine even if we don't know all of the side effects. So you have two sides. You have some who are strongly for, some who are strongly against. And there's many scientific arguments that both sides can put forward. There's many emotional arguments that both sides can put forward. But today, I'm looking at the biblical ones. Because as believers, we have to look at what does the Bible say and allow that to inform not just what we believe, but how we interact. So whether you're dead against the vaccine or you're strongly for it, you can find some Bible verses to prop up your position. Now, what's really interesting and what the Bible does talk about is that we shouldn't argue over what Romans 14 calls disputable matters or matters of opinion. In Romans 14, verse 1, in the, in the NIV, I, I, I chose the NIV because I like the way it puts it. It says this, um, Paul says, accept one another without quarreling over disputable matters. The ESV says, uh, do not quarrel over opinions. I like that word, disputable matters. What does Paul mean by disputable matters? What he means is that there are some things in the Bible that we shouldn't dispute about. If I could use um, this analogy, um, there's some doctrine or there's some beliefs in the Bible that are close-handed beliefs, meaning that we hold on to those things Tightly, we don't let them go. For example, something like Jesus' incarnation would be closed-handed. That he's that Jesus is the only way to the Father. The only way to the Father is through Jesus the Son. That's a close-handed issue. We hold on to that tightly. On the other side, we have some open-handed issues, um, which is what Paul's referring to here as disputable matters or matters of opinion. For example, how old is the earth? Different theologians have different views. On the age of the earth, so it's an open-handed issue. It doesn't influence your salvation, and it's not a heaven or hell matter. There's a number of things um, in the Bible because they're not mentioned, or because uh, you could argue um, for or against that are open-handed. They're disputable matters; are matters of opinion, as Paul's saying. We're going to read some more from Romans 14. Um, But what Paul's saying is so, so very important. I want us to get this. What he's saying is it's possible for Christians to not agree on everything, but still love each other. Think about that. It's possible for Christians to not agree on everything, but still love each other. It's possible to have different views on open hand issues, but still have a heart of love for those who see things differently than us. Taking the COVID vaccine, in my opinion, is an open hand issue. There's no verse about it in the Bible. It's not directly stated in the Bible. So you could be strongly for or strongly against. It's possible to have a difference of opinion. But the Bible says that we should still love one another and still have respect for one another. Let's keep reading from Romans four, in Romans 14. From verse 2 it says this in Romans 14. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. But another, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. Turn to verse 5 says, One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Right? You might look at that and read that and say, what's the big issue? But actually in Paul's day, those two things that, that he's just mentioned were hugely polarizing issues between Jesus' followers. People that loved Jesus and were following him, they were polarizing. Some Christians were saying, you, you can eat meat. Um, You can eat anything that you want. Others would say, I'm not going to eat meat because it's been sacrificed to idols. I'm only going to eat vegetables. Um, The same thing with one day is more holy versus, you know, versus all the days are, you know, all the days are the same. I can imagine the people of that day, church people who love Jesus saying to Paul or writing to Paul, tell us what's right and what's wrong so that we can do the right thing. And here's what like kind of amazes me about Paul. He doesn't say what's right or wrong. He just says, well, some view it this way and some view it that way. But what Paul does say is this in the second part of verse 5. He says, each of them, whatever you believe on these things, should be fully convinced in their own mind. You should be fully convinced in your own mind. Verse 3 says this, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Some translations say, for God has welcomed them. Carries this idea of being welcomed into his family. Now we could, if, if we wanted to, we could substitute the word vaccine or vaccination um, in these verses. Because it's also a disputable matter as they were facing then. We could, we could read it like this. One person's faith allows them to be vaccinated. But another's, another goes without the vaccine. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. The one who is vaccinated must not treat with contempt the one who is not. The one who refuses the vaccine must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. See, what's become a big concern for me as a, as a, a leader... Um, as a church leader, what's become a big concern for me is that this subject of vaccination, like many other subjects, to be honest, has become hugely polarizing amongst people who claim to follow Jesus, even in our own congregation, in our own church family. And everyone, because of our human nature, has this tendency to want to be right. It's, I, I think it's part of you know, the way we're designed. We want to be right. And those that are strongly against the vaccine... Believe firmly that they are right, as do those who are strongly for. But Paul says, there's actually two ways of interacting with people that you disagree with. It's different than the world's ways of interacting with people. Paul says this, the first way of interacting with people that you disagree with is judgment and contempt. We, things like, you know, the, the, the thought that comes to, to our mind. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They're uneducated. They need to wake up. Um, They they should see things more clearly. It's judgment and contempt. They should see, see things the way that I do because I'm right and they're wrong. But Paul says that's actually the wrong way to interact with people that we disagree with. Why? Because God has accepted them. Surely, though, surely God has to take sides on this. Paul says, actually, God doesn't take sides on disputable matters uh, like this or on matters of opinion. He's accepted us. The ESV says he's welcomed us. He's brought us into his family. I know a number of people who I love and respect who have chosen to be vaccinated. I respect the decision for that. And God has accepted them. I know people who I love and respect who have chosen not to be vaccinated. I respect their decision for that. And God has accepted them. I respect both sides because that's what the Bible calls us to do. In a world that says you have to choose a side and that becomes your camp, the kingdom is different. The Bible says, actually, no, no, we unite around Jesus, not around the camp that we choose. So we can, you know, we can easily fall into having judgment or contempt either way. Maybe if you're honest this morning or if you're listening back, if you're honest, you've had this response in your heart to others that um, view things slightly differently than you do. Maybe you've even spoken that out to them. Maybe you actually have treated people with judgment and contempt. But what what Paul is saying is that because God has accepted all of us in Christ Jesus, even if we don't see things exactly the same, the right response is that we should be able to live with a heart of love and acceptance. Not judgment and contempt, but love and acceptance. I don't make people feel less or feel condemned or feel judged because they have a different opinion to me. And if I have done that, so sorry, that's what Paul's saying. If I've done that to you, I apologize. We shouldn't make people feel less or feel condemned or feel judged because they have a different opinion than us. Jesus says this in John 13, verse 35, they will know you. They will know that you are my disciples. We've been talking about discipleship. Being those who make disciples, they will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. We also we often like to think they'll know us by our love for others. This actually says they'll know that we're disciples by our love for one another. And he doesn't give a disclaimer for only when we agree. Are we ruining our witness as disciples of Jesus by responding to other Christians with judgment and contempt rather than with love and acceptance? Because I think we, we have a moment now where the harvest is ripe, where we can actually see a, a, a multitude of salvations, yet so many people are shutting off from our message because what they see is judgment and contempt, not directed toward them, but directed to each other as Christians. A few weeks ago, um, Paul Zanardo said in one of his preaches that he had, he had researched, he had prayed and fasted, he had talked to people uh, in his life who were medical professionals and after all that, he had decided to be vaccinated. Now, if you know Paul and Monica, and you know some of their story, you would know that this wasn't an easy decision for them because of some of their family history. It wasn't hasty. It wasn't a decision that that either of them took lightly. And some of you, when he said that, some people watching or listening back were like, Paul, I can't listen to you anymore. You treated him with judgment and contempt. Others were like, yes, Paul, like say it, say it again for the people in the back. You know, you should have gone further and told the whole church that they have to get vaccinated. No, 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 we're missing the point there. You see, if you ask Paul, which I have, his major reason for getting vaccinated wasn't mainly about COVID. It had everything to do with the fact that we believe that we're called to preach the gospel far and wide. It had to do with the gospel first. We minister in, as a church into many different nations, many different many different places. And one of the major motivating factors was that for him in taking the vaccine was that it's easier to travel and to preach the gospel than to not have it. I asked Paul this question. I said, you know, now that you've had the vaccine, do you have a greater sense of ease? Do you have a, you know, a a greater subconscious feeling of safety than before? And he said, no, I don't. It hasn't changed the way I feel about what's going on around me. The reason I'm using, uh, using Paul as, as an example it's because he's been vaccinated and he's sat here and he's told you all about it. Um, I would gladly use myself as an example, as I usually, usually do. But I haven't been vaccinated yet um, because I'm not quite 40 yet. I'm a few months off, it's soon. Um, and so I've been excluded until recently. Um, I haven't been able to. But either way, here's the thing. Either way, we shouldn't feel scared or threatened to express whether we are or we aren't vaccinated in this church context, or whether we're planning to be or planning not to be. We shouldn't make others feel scared or threatened. We shouldn't exclude or belittle or judge others for that choice. My theology, my belief system, is not based around a vaccine. It's based around God and his love for me. I believe deep down in my heart that God has appointed the time of my birth but he's also appointed the time of my death. Ecclesiastes 3, Psalm verse 90. Paul uh, Paul put it like this, not Paul's another, Paul the apostle in Philippians 1 verse 22. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Many Jesus followers don't have, I think, a deep understanding of this verse. They believe that to live is for themselves and to die is loss. But Paul says, no, no, no. For me, to live is for Christ, and to die is gain. It's a a choice between awesome and even more awesome. To uh, to, To live is Christ, and to die is to be in his presence. Now, this belief doesn't make me reckless with the way I live my life or my health, but equally, my life and my health, to the best of my ability, are not my idol. I don't idolize them. It's possible to idolize your health and to idolize your safety, To an unhealthy measure beyond what God intends for us. The big question at the end of my life will not be, what did he die from? But it will be, what did he live for? Thanks, Olaf. (laughs) I don't know if you guys can hear Olaf in the background. He said, that's good. Um, I have all of eternity waiting for me. On the day that God has appointed for my death and for your death, It makes no difference whether I died of COVID or I died of the vaccine or I died of a thousand other ways that it's possible to die. The big question is not what did I die from? It will be what did we live for? And if we're Jesus followers, then we should be living for him. He should be the center of everything that we do in our life. He should be the bullseye on the dartboard of the purpose of our existence. There's no other reason to be here, to stay here on this earth, if it's not for Jesus and to see him glorified in his kingdom advance. That's why we say to know Jesus and make him known. We are ruthlessly about knowing Jesus, having an intimate relationship with him, becoming like him and making him known to others. To To become like him, to passionately pursue him and to make disciples of him. To live should be Christ. As you probably guessed i'm not telling anybody this morning to take the vaccine or to not take the vaccine but what i do want to urge you today is whatever you and i do we do from a position of faith rather than fear hebrews 11 verse 6 says without faith it's impossible to please god without faith it's impossible to please God, I believe we 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 really have to stop and ask God to search our hearts and to help us see if our response is from a position of faith or from a position of fear. I believe it's it's possible to take the vaccine, but to do it out of a deep sense of fear. Yeah, you know, I'm so fearful of COVID. I'm so fearful of pandemics. Um, to be fearful of lockdowns and of loss that you take this vaccine with no faith whatsoever. You know, I just want to be safe. I think it's also possible on the other side to refuse the vaccine out of a deep sense of fear. Terrified about what the devil could do. Terrified about the ingredients or the possible side effects or government control. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So doing either of these things out of fear doesn't please God. If you're going to take the vaccine, I invite you to do it to take it with some degree of faith. And if you choose to refuse it, refuse it with some degree of faith, rather than living out of fear. Now, <laughs> I'm sure that some of you who are watching or who are listening back that are disappointed with me for not taking a stronger stand on one side or the other. Matt, you should be telling the whole church to avoid the vaccine. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Or, Matt, you should be urging everyone, go out and get vaccinated this weekend. I don't believe that's my place. But what I can do is urge all of us to have an increasing revelation of the bigness of Jesus. My place is not to tell you, I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a scientist. My place is not to tell you that you should or you shouldn't take the vaccine. My, my job is to keep us focused on Jesus. My job is to urge you, please, in this season, have an increasing revelation of the bigness of Jesus Christ. As Paul shared, Paul Zanardo, not Paul the Apostle, shared so well last week, to uh, look to and be prepared for the return of our King. It's all about Jesus. If yours and my faith is in a vaccine for our safety, that means we have a very small view of Jesus. And if your belief is that through an injection, somehow the, the devil will gain control of your whole life and your whole future and, or, or stop the advancing of the kingdom, then respectfully, can I say, you have a very small view of Jesus. Jesus is bigger than a pandemic. He's bigger than a vaccine. He's bigger than not taking it. He has my life in his hands, and he will keep me until the end. Our purpose, our reason for existence is to know Jesus and to make him known. I'd also like to say this. If you choose to take the vaccine, you're accepted. Because Romans 14 says that God has already accepted you. Be at peace. Be at peace and don't let let anyone else or anything else put fear in your heart. If you choose not to take it, you're accepted here in this church because God has already accepted you. Be at peace. Please hear this. We will not turn away anyone based on whether they are or are not vaccinated. Please hear that. Say it again. We will not turn away anyone based on whether you are or you're not vaccinated. So to summarize, this is an open hand issue. It isn't a matter of heaven or hell. There are many open hand issues that we have come and we will come across in the church. That's why I've chosen this verse in Romans 14 today, so that we can have a system, uh, a system of belief to help us approach things that aren't actually mentioned in the Bible and ask, is this worth fighting about? Is this worth dividing about as believers? How do we stay focused on and united around what God's called us to, united around Jesus and his mission, rather than dividing over matters of opinion? Secondly, we can respond with judgment and contempt or with acceptance and love. I know this is really difficult for for so many because at our core, we want to be right and we want others to be wrong by definition. But Paul's challenge, God's challenge clearly through Romans 14, is that you can choose to respond with judgment and contempt, but God wants us to to choose to respond with acceptance and love because he's already accepted those who disagree with your point of view. If you've responded with judgment and contempt toward others that hold a different view than you on this, I'm asking you to repent and to change today. To allow God to soften your heart toward those that he's added you together with. Thirdly, we should make decisions based out of faith and not fear. Are you and I living every single day by faith? Or have our lives been so crowded out by fear that internally we're hiding behind walls of whatever we can put up? God's called us to live a bigger life than that. God's called you to live a bigger life than that. I know people who have stopped coming to this church because of people arguing over this matter and pushing their views. That's devastating. But I believe God's releasing peace today to your home, to your heart, to your family. Finally, what I live for is so much more important than what I die from. What we live for is so much more important than what we die from. Literally, around the world, there are Christians, there are followers of Jesus who are being martyred for their belief, not because they want to or don't want to take a vaccine, because they confess the name of Jesus Christ as Lord. What we live for is so much more important than what we die from. So if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then let's follow Jesus Christ. Let's live every single day for him, every day in every way. Let's make him the center of our thoughts in the center of our passions and the center of our decisions, the center of our discussions. Let's not idolize or stop idolizing small things. Make it about Jesus. Let his name be the name that's on your lips. Let, he be, let him be the one that you rave about. Let him be the one that you post about. Let him be the one that you lift up because he wants people to come to know him. To finish on this topic of vaccines, I believe that the devil would like nothing more than to see division come into churches, within families, into neighborhoods around something like a vaccine. And cutting through all of that mess, all of that clutter, we're invited to live by faith with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's not be drawn into big controversial discussions. Let's not push our views onto others. Make your decision by faith and then live with acceptance of others because there's something far greater to live for. I feel like some of you watching or or, or listening that your heart's been actually gripped by fear and discouragement. I believe God wants to set you free from that today. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. These are real; they're very real things that we're facing right now. I'm not downplaying the reality of the time that we live in. But Jesus wants to be the object of your focus and your affection. When our hope is placed in other things and it doesn't happen, we become heartsick. He wants our hope to be in Him alone. And I feel like this morning, like the like the sunlight on a beautiful day. I feel like today, this morning. Jesus wants to shine his light upon you to break fear, to break that discouragement, to set you free from that, whether it's disappointment or fear or discouragement, and fill you with faith and courage again. He wants to release peace on you and on your decision. Would you receive that today? Can we pray together? Jesus, we receive your love and your grace and your strength today. Our faith, we say, is in you and in you alone. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me where I've had faith in other small things. We don't want to live by fear. We want to live on mission for you, Jesus. We want to live on your mission, full of faith, full of passion. I pray that we would stop dividing over little things. Stop dividing over disputable matters. Stop hindering our witness by judging others and treating them with contempt. Oh, Lord, I pray that we would be known by our love for one another, that literally when people see us, Melbourne Lights Church and other believers, they would say you must be disciples of Jesus because of the way you love each other. Help us, help us today to accept those, to love those who have a different view than us, because they're accepted by you. Lord, I break fear and discouragement right now in Jesus' name. I division right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to pray for unity to come. Release unity, release your faith, and release your peace right now in the beautiful name of Jesus. And finally, before I hand back to Olaf and Elodie, if you're, if you're watching and you're listening today, you're not a follower of Jesus. The best news in the world that you can hear is that God created you for himself. In love, knowing that you and I are powerless To overcome the sin in our lives and the wrong things we've done, God sent his son Jesus, Jesus Christ, to die because death is the punishment for sin, for the wrong things we've done. And when Jesus hung on that cross, it wasn't just an act of sacrifice or an act of compassion. It was an act of taking my place and taking your place. Every single one of us has a choice of how we respond to Jesus' sacrifice, either with deep humility and repentance. We can say, Jesus, I'm so sorry for doing things my way. I believe that you died on the cross and you died for me to rescue me from my sin, or we can reject him. And today I want to invite you to put your faith in Jesus. And if today you're choosing to put your faith in Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me right now? Jesus, I'm so sorry for doing things my way. Thank you dying on the cross to rescue me from the penalty of my sin please forgive me I choose to follow you with my whole heart knowing that I'll spend eternity with you in Jesus name thank you Lord if you pray that prayer we celebrate with you whether you're watching right now or you're listening back either let us know in the comments reach out to us Uh, email us, DM us. We want to celebrate with you. We want to send you a Bible and we want to connect with you. We want to follow up and start this journey of discipleship with you. Guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in today. Be blessed. I love you. I'm going to hand back to Olaf and Elodie. Have an amazing day. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.